I'm going to go to the book of Ephesians tonight in the fifth chapter, in the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to begin reading with the first verse and read down through read a little more scripture than normal, but I'm going to read down through uh, about verse number sixteen, verses one through sixteen, and um, I, I tell you I was just going to read verse sixteen. Uh, as my text and uh, um, and do a lesson from that, but I just want to I want to read all the context here that's that leads up to what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. Okay, so uh, let's begin in verse number one of Ephesians chapter five. It says this: Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator unclean person or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Paul didn't mince any words here um, about, about, um, about whether it was okay for us to live sinful lifestyle. He just said right there that, that no fornicator, unclean person, covetous man who's an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of, of Christ and God. And then in verse 6 he said, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were... Now notice this. Here's, here's our position as children of God tonight. Here's where we were and here's where we are. For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Praise God. Aren't you glad that you've been brought out of that darkness and into the light of the Lord? For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. I know that's probably not politically correct to expose sin, but nevertheless, that's what the Bible says for us to do. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And here at verse 15, notice this. See then, because of all that he said here, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The New American Standard Version uh, verse 16 says it this way, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Making the most of your time 
because the days of e are evil. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes tonight, do a little study on don't waste a pandemic. Don't waste a pandemic. You know, there's a lot of things that, um, that we can do with time. And I, I just wanted to say this first. It was, there was a politician that, that uh, back several years ago made a statement and said, never, never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, uh, in this time of crisis and the pandemic that we've been experiencing and going through here the last few weeks, I want to just share a thing, uh, a few things with you about the time that we have not to waste our time, but to make the best of a bad situation that we've been facing and going through. And uh, we all have time, you know, we got a lot of time on our hands now, many people do. And we all have the same amount of time every day. We all have, uh, you know, 24 hours in a day. Everybody has been allotted that amount of time. And there's a lot of things that we can do with our time. You know, we talk about uh, saving time and making time, taking time and marking time. And um, then, you know, you've heard it say, talk about, you know, some people like to kill time. Say, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to kill some time. I worked, I had a supervisor on a job I worked for one time that said, uh, he told all of us, if you got any time to kill, you need to work it to death. Amen. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't too much for killing time. But uh, a lot of things that we can do with time. But the worst thing that we can do with time is to waste time. And you know, I got to think about that. Uh, you know, how much time uh, as Christians, as believers, do we actually waste, you know, uh, wasting time? And that's what Paul was dealing with here and talking about here when he talked about walks, walking circumspectly and redeeming the time or making the most of your time in the evil day that we're living in. And he was saying that because there's, we, we're not to be wasting our time when it comes for living, to, for living for the Lord. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's, that's such an important thing. And Paul here is giving a warning. And uh, he's warning about the dangers of wasting time. And he's, he's encouraging us and he's exhorting us to make the most out of time. And he says, because, here's the reason why. And, and, and he was talking about it in his day and to the church in his day. To make the most of the time you have because... The days are evil. They were living in an evil time. They were going through uh, this, the church in those in that uh, first century was going through a lot of persecution. They were um, they were facing a lot of evil in their day, and uh, that word evil, where he said, where Paul said the days are evil, that word evil literally means a time of great trouble, a time of peril, a time of pain. And um, so we, we kind of are experiencing some evil days now. You know, Paul told Timothy that in the last days that perilous times would come. And we've been talking lately about making mention of the fact that we are in the last days. And so we're in those days when perilous times and dangerous times and evil times. It's an evil, it's an evil day that we're living in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this world is under the sway of the wicked one, the sway of the evil one. There's a lot of evil in this old world. And so um, we need to understand 
that we've got to make in this evil day we're living in, folks, we need to make the best of the time that God has given us. We don't want to we don't want to be wasting time. We don't want to be, as the old farmers say, you know, if they, they use the term, hey, you're burning, we're burning daylight, which means, hey, we're wasting time. We've got to make hay while the sun shines. Well, that's the way it is with living for the Lord. And this, this day where we're living in, this evil time that we're living in, we've got, to, uh, we've got to make sure that we make the most of the time that we have. Uh, time is something about time. It doesn't stand still. Time is not neutral. An old song from back in the 70s, I guess it was, said, you know, there was an old song that said, time keeps on slipping into the future. And we know that's a fact. That's a fact. Time stops for nobody. It slows down for nobody. And so for some time now, for several weeks, all of us have, have, have had to... Uh, you know, we've been under a stay-at-home order, and, and we've been uh, told that we need to shelter in place. And uh, during these past few weeks under the stay-at-home order, um, you know, we haven't, had, we haven't got to have regular church services. We, we haven't got to come together as, uh, and assemble together in regular church services as we would like to, or as we're used to doing. And I'll tell you, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's something that we're just not, we're, I'm still not used to it. I'm still not used to sitting here and talking to a camera. Uh, I'd rather be standing behind a pulpit and talking to you face to face. But, but for the past several weeks, we, we haven't been able to come together. The church has not, uh, the church, the body of Christ has not been able to to, uh, to worship corporately, as, as I believe, and I'll probably say a few things about that in a little bit, but which I believe God intends for us to do, is to come together and have corporate worship. And um, uh, so, so in this time that we've had of sheltering in place, um, we need to make sure that we're making the best, um, making the most and uh, uh, of that time and redeeming the time, as Paul said, in these evil days. I don't know if any of you, I, I, I probably have, a lot of you have, can remember the movie, uh, the Tom Hanks movie from several years back uh, called Castaway. And uh, he, was, he, was, he was a castaway stranded on a deserted island for, for, for quite some time. And... Um, when when he was he was there all by himself he was isolated you know nobody else there but him and uh he was rescued after after being stranded for for a number of years on that island but when they got him off of there when they rescued him from that island he was weak he was malnourished and he was emaciated and uh you know i thought about that and i thought well you know here we are and this is this is the thing about a pastor that i'm that i'm concerned about the congregation about the church that when we emerge when we we've been you know we've been sheltering we haven't had church services we hadn't been together but when we emerge from this crisis we don't want to come out of this spiritually malnourished and uh, we don't want to come out of this uh, it's you know in a in a state of 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 of, of uh, 
being spiritually skin and bones, so to speak. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we want to maintain and we have to maintain our, our walk with the Lord as we should. And we, we need to be making good use of our time when we're not able to be together in the house of the Lord. And I guess what I'm trying to say tonight and what Paul was saying here to this Ephesian church is that, that uh, we want to make sure that, that uh, even, though when we, even though we can't, haven't been able to be together, that we maintain our, ourselves spiritually the way that we need to be, staying strong in the Lord, staying strong spiritually, keeping our spiritual life up to par. Because listen, Here's the thing with, with folks, you know, you get used to not going to church. You kind of get in that habit on Wednesday night of, uh, well, you know, uh, Brother Rick will be on here live. I can just kick back here on the couch. And uh, we can get in that habit of that and uh, then even get out of the habit of even watching a live stream. But, uh, but, but God wants us to maintain our, our spiritual stamina and strength and continue to grow and be strong in the Lord and continue our spiritual development so that when we come out of this, that we're going to have our spiritual life, um, our, our spiritual life is, is going to be what it needs to be with the Lord. Amen? So, um, so that's, what, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. When, when, until we can come together, which I'm planning on being next Wednesday night, we want to make sure that we maintain our walk with the Lord in the proper manner. Now, in the book of Exodus, we're all familiar with the uh, children of Israel and uh, their wanderings in the wilderness. But in Exodus chapter 16, they begin to complain and murmur against Moses because they were hungry and didn't have anything to eat. And we have that the record, recorded there in Exodus 16, the giving the giving of the manna when God uh, gave the manna to the children of Israel. And uh, so every morning when the dew came, the dew fell every morning when the dew lifted, the manna would be there on the ground for them to gather up. And uh, every day they were together, uh, they were together an amount of manna that would last them and take care of them for that day. The manna appeared to them fresh every day but it wouldn't keep overnight. It had to be gathered fresh every morning. And there's an important biblical principle in that and the lesson that, that is taught there in the gathering of the manna. And you remember, I think I mentioned this the other night, but you remember that if they tried, and some people did, you know, there's some people that just won't listen to the Lord. And um, some people did try to get two days together at once they I guess they thought well I'm gonna gather up double for tomorrow some for tomorrow so I won't have to get up as early or whatever but uh, they'd try to get get it get a double dose you know on one day and what was left over if it if it, if it remained till the next day it got it bred worms and it stank and it spoiled and it wasn't any good and so the lesson that's taught there is such a such a profound biblical principle for all of us and that lesson is that we cannot live uh, today off of yesterday's blessings we can't live today off or off of yesterday's experience off of past experiences that we've had with the Lord 
I mean, you know, we've had some wonderful services here at Abundant Life and looking forward to some great, glorious, wonderful services that are yet to come. But you know what? I can't live off of, of, of past revivals or past blessings that I've received in church services in weeks gone by. I've got to have fresh manna every day. And you know what? Let me tell you something. You've got to have fresh manna every day as well. You can't live on stale manna. And some, some, some Christians allow their relationship with the Lord to grow stagnant and to grow stale. And, uh, you know, that's when, that's when backsliding happens. That's where backsliding comes in. Because backsliding, somebody said this years ago, and I've never forgot it, backsliding is not a blowout. It's a slow leak. And, uh, you know, people don't, they're not just saved today and then boom, tomorrow they're backslid. No, it's a process. It's, it's allowing our experience and our relationship with the Lord to get weaker and weaker and grow stale. And so that was the lesson of the manna, is that we're to, we're to have a fresh relationship with the Lord and keep our relationship fresh with the Lord every single day. So we need to be redeeming the time. And let me give you, let me give you three areas. While we're still, uh, and I hope you've been doing this. I hope you've been, been practicing these things while you've been, um, been at home, while we've not been together at church. But um, the, one, uh, the number one thing is, first of all, is, is redeem the time. Make best use of your time in worship to the Lord. Until we can come back corporately and worship together corporately, um, then we need, to, we need to take time and make time to worship the Lord every day right there in our home. Amen? Notice what Paul said there in Ephesians 5, in that fifth chapter in the 19th verse. He said, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Notice he's talking about singing psalms, singing hymns, singing spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, singing to the Lord. That's you singing to the Lord and worshiping the Lord. So God wants you to sing, amen? Now, uh, you know, he wants you, to, he wants you and I to sing and praise and worship the Lord. I can't wait. I mean, I tell, I tell you what, we, had, we, we have a great time out here on the parking lot on Sundays. And uh, the, the three weeks that we've had parking lot service and our worship teams led in worship. And I tell you, people are, you know, I can't hear everybody singing because they're all in their car. But uh, but everybody's everybody's worshiping, and I know they're enjoying that. But I can't wait till we come back together and we have corporate worship together here, and sing together. I want to hear everybody sing in worship. But until that happens, you've got to maintain your worship to the Lord on a daily basis. Amen. See, the, you know I, I've heard this, and people have said this so much lately. And I've heard it so much, and I'm not sure what, you know, uh, I understand, I think, what people are trying to say. But the statement's been made, well, the church is not the building. Well, I understand that. I think we know that. 
that the church, the church is the ecclesia, the called out ones. The body of Christ is made up um, of individuals. We collectively make up the body of Christ and make up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know this, this building sitting here on Highway 221 is not uh, the church per se. But this building, however, is the house that has been built for the purpose of the church assembling and coming together to worship God corporately. And, uh, you know, I know in the past I've heard, you know, people have said, well, I, you know, I'm the church or the, or the uh, you know, the building's not the church, so I don't need to go to a church building. Well, praise God. I, I, I hate to tell you I disagree with that. God wants us to be together corporately and to worship together. Amen? And, um, but until we can do that, until we can do that corporately, uh, then we need to maintain that worship in our home. And, uh, I don't, you know, I wouldn't want to wait three weeks, four weeks, however long it's been, five, by the time we get back into the worship service, um, to, to not have any worship with the Lord at all or any, any kind of worship or fellowship with God all those times. And I'm sure I'm not talking to anybody at Abundant Life that's, that's not been worshiping the Lord, surely. But we, we need to be doing that and, and uh, spend some time every day in worship. Don't lose your worship. Don't lose your song. Don't lose your praise. Amen? But, but, but put on, listen, there at the house, find you a place. You know, I'm always telling you, to, uh, to get alone with the Lord. And, and uh, you know, if you're living alone, nobody else is there, then praise God, get, your, get, your, get you a CD, a worship CD, a gospel music CD, get your iTunes on or your Pandora or, uh, or whatever, whatever app you've got. You know, we're, we're living in a time now, I mean, you can get YouTube or whatever, get your phone out, and there's all kinds of worship music you've got right in your hands. And get that worship music playing and get in the presence of the Lord and sing to the Lord and worship the Lord privately. Amen. Make good use of the time that you have until we get back to the house of the Lord. Make good use. And then when we do get back to corporate worship, that shouldn't be something, you know, private worship shouldn't be something that you that you stop because you've come back to the house of the Lord. Amen. You just bring that private worship that you've had at home with the Lord all week. Bring that into the house of God on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday night. Praise God. And man, I'll tell you what, that, that's when you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You're all primed up. You're all ready to go. But, but it'd, be a, it'd just be good. It'd be good to sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord and worship the Lord during this time that we have that's downtime from not being able to come to the house of the Lord. Amen. Somebody said, well, Brother Rick, I, uh, I'm not a very good singer. Well, turn the volume up so you, you hear the music and not yourself and just sing to the Lord. It, you know, I'm not a good singer either. I can tell you that. I love to sing. And I've said this before, all of God's children are singers, and all of God's children sing, but not all of them need a microphone. Amen. 
And so I'm one of them that I love to sing, but I don't need a microphone when I'm singing. Amen. I love to sing and make melody to the Lord in my heart. Uh, And I'm going to tell you what, Jesus Christ loves it. When you sing and worship Him, God Almighty loves it. I practice this every day. I, I come, uh, I come here to the church every day and and every morning and um, and get in the sanctuary and put on worship music and I pray and I sing and I worship and I bless the Lord and uh, I tell you I just get blessed. I just get blessed. Amen. And so. Um, it builds me up, it strengthens me, it encourages me. And I just want to encourage you to do the same thing, to make good use of your time. Redeem the time with your worship, with your worship. Amen. Take the time every day to pray, to fellowship, to sing, to worship the Lord, to make melody in your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, You know, Jesus told Jesus told that uh, that Samaritan woman at the well when she was all confused about where uh, where to worship at. You know, she said, "Well, you uh, we worship in this mountain. The Samaritans do, and the Jews say to worship in Jerusalem." And Jesus Jesus gave her a little information there, and he said, "You know what? The time is coming, and the day is coming." And that uh, that that it doesn't. It's not going to matter whether you're worshiping in this mountain or at Jerusalem. But he said, God's looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth, spirit and in truth. And the Lord revealed to that uh, to that lady there uh, that it's not where you worship, but it's who you worship. So while you're there at home. Hallelujah. If if other people are there, uh, go off and get in a room by yourself and put on that worship music and worship and sing to the Lord, Um, you know, and and, and let the Lord bless your life. Amen. Now, Now, as I said, corporate worship is so vitally important. And um, God wants us to be uh, to be together corporately. Let me just read a few verses to you, a couple of verses of Scripture. Uh, Psalm 111. Now, I, I, just some verses from the Bible that I pulled up that, that show us that, show us that, that God, and God Almighty wants us as a body of believers, His church, His body, to come together and unite together in corporate worship. And uh, the Bible says in Psalm 111 and verse 1, says, Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Well, so there God says, the Word of God says, He wants us to praise Him in the assembly. Psalm 89 and 7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about Him. Notice in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 14, it says this in verse 27, And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done to them and how He had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So notice there, the church was gathered together. In verse uh, chapter 20 of Acts, verse 7, And upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached to them. And so, see, there was, uh, there's a verse there that says that the disciples, the church, came together when? On the first day of the week. What day is that? 
Sunday. They came together on Sunday and gathered together to break bread, to take communion together, to worship together, and to hear the, the, the man of God preach the Word of God. Amen. So uh, there's, those are some verses. 1 Corinthians 14, 23 says, If therefore the whole church be come together in one place. James chapter 2, verse 2, For if there come into your assembly a man. So, you know, it's all through the Word of God that the Bible teaches us that we're to assemble together and worship the Lord. And uh, Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking, we all know this verse, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. So, so there, you know, Paul tells us, the writer of Hebrew tells us, uh, don't forsake. Do not. That's a, Listen, ladies and gentlemen, that's a command of God not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That word forsake there is the same word that Paul used in 2 Timothy 4.10 when he talking about Demas said, Demas has forsaken me. That word means, it actually means to leave somebody in the lurch. And, and you know, God doesn't want his church, his house, let's put it that way, his house to be forsaken. And that's why it has grieved me uh, and grieved my spirit over the past several weeks to have a, a, a church, an empty church building sitting here. And, um, and so I'm looking forward for us getting back together. But the point is, uh, redeem that time. Worship the Lord privately. Worship the Lord in your house. And then when you come together, uh, when we come together uh, um, on that Sunday morning on May 10th, man, we're going to be ready to raise the roof here at Abundant Life Family Church and give God some glorious praise and glorious worship. I wish somebody would say amen to me tonight. Praise the Lord. That's another thing I miss. I miss hearing y'all saying amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So redeem the time in worship with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart to the Lord. But number two, redeem, redeem the time in the Word of God. Redeem the time in the Word of God. I hope and pray, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm confident. Let me just say it that way. I'm confident that y'all have been in the Word of God. I know you've been, you've been tuning in, the ones that have been coming on and listening to the live stream, the, the Bible teachings, to the um, live stream services on Sunday, to the drive-in church. We're continuing to bring you the Word of God. And, uh, you know, I try not to be too lengthy in these studies on Wednesday night and Sunday night and Sunday morning or whatever, whatever you know, during this time. But, but listen, we need the Word of God. I, I really don't think it's a time, not in the time of this pandemic, it's not a time to, to cut short our ministry, our preaching, our teaching. We need the Word of God in these evil days. And so we need to make the best use of our time, redeem the time by spending time with God in the Word of God. Listen to Acts chapter 17, verse 11, speaking of the Bereans, and we're all familiar with the Bereans. I think everybody needs to be a good Berean, but notice what he says there. 
in verse number 11 of Acts 17, speaking of the Bereans, said, These received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Notice these Berean believers, these Berean Christians, they didn't just take uh, they didn't just take what was said uh, and just believe what was what was preached and taught to them uh, and just say, oh, well, yeah, that's that's got to be, well, Paul said it or this one said it, Barnabas said it, I guess that's true. No, they took time themselves to search the Word of God and to search the Scriptures for themselves. Every day it said that they searched the Scriptures daily. Well, that's something that you and I need to do, amen, during this downtime that we have, during the time we have all this extra time on our hands. And I know there's other things you've got to do, but spend some time every day in worship and time in the Word. Listen to me, and and I, I know you know this, but the Word of God, the Word of God is your is your nourishment. You need the Word of God in your life spiritually, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, it's the Word of God that's going to get us through uh, through this difficult time. It's the Word of God that's going to build our faith, that's going to strengthen us, that's going to hold us up, that's going to sustain us in the evil day and the hard times that we're in and that we're going through right now. Let me let me read a verse of Scripture to you from Romans Over in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, he said this, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. He's talking about the Word of God. Were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Oh, praise God. He said that the Scriptures will give us endurance and comfort and hope. So we need the Word of God. We need to be be feeding on the Word of God every single day. The Bible said in in sec, in Second Peter, I'm sorry, First Peter two and two, Peter said, "As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk the of the Word of God that you may grow thereby." It's the Word of God that nourishes us and gives us the spiritual growth that we need in our life. Um, Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So you need to be in the Bible, in the Scriptures, in the Word, making the most of the time that you have to spend time in the Word of God and to feed your soul. I don't like to, you know, again, I'm not not trying to to, to point to myself as some great example because I'm not. But, but um, you know, you, you form habits. And uh, to get in a habit, you know, of, of, of reading the Bible every day is a good habit. There's good habits, there's bad habits. The best habit you can get in would be to get in the Word of God every morning. And I tell you, and I've told you all, you know, the ones that, that are here at Abundant Life have heard me say it. Uh, every morning that I get up, I go in there, I plug that coffee pot in and get it percolating. I go and brush my teeth and I grab my Bible and uh, I get me a cup of coffee and I get in the Word of God the very first thing in the morning before I do anything else. It's me and Jesus 
and the bread of life, the Word of God. I couldn't make it without that. I couldn't make it. I couldn't, I couldn't make it through a day if I didn't start my day with the Word of God. So you need that. We need that. Amen. The Word of God is alive, Paul said. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. He said in, in, later on there in that, in that sixth chapter of Ephesians when he outlines the full armor of God, the Apostle Paul says, take the sword of the Spirit. Glory to God. The only offensive weapon in all of the armor in Ephesians 6 is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the same weapon, the same sword that Jesus used in his temptation on, uh, in the wilderness when he faced the temptations of the devil. He used the scripture. He used the word of God. So it feeds you. It encourages you. It gives you hope. It gives you comfort. The word of God gives you strength. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, it says that the word of God, it says, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Um, let your eyes not depart from them, from before them, or let them, the words, not depart from before your eyes. Keep the word of God in the midst of your heart because it is life. My word, he said, is life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Praise God. That's the importance of redeeming the time in the word of Almighty God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Psalmist David said, or the writer of Psalm 119, he said, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 15, 16, he said, thy words were found. Hallelujah. Thy words were found and I did eat them and your word was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Oh, glory to God. Does the, does the, does the coronavirus pandemic and the lockdown and all of this kind of get you down and you get a little discouraged? Well, praise God. Let me tell you, let me tell you. Turn, turn the TV off. Turn the news off. Turn, turn the, the, the fear off that's coming out of that thing and open up the Word of God and get into the Scriptures and redeem the time with the Word of God. That's making the best of your time. There ain't anything better you could do than to spend time in the Scriptures, in the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. I'm about to shout again. I preach myself happy. I tell you, I, I can't help it. Amen. Well, let's, let's finish this up. Number three, we're redeeming the time. We're making the most, making the most of the time we have. We're not wasting this pandemic. We're spending, we're not wasting this quarantine. We're not wasting this, but we're making the best of this time by worshiping God every day, by getting His Word every day, and we redeem the time, number three, by our, or in our daily walk walking with the Lord, continuing to walk with the Lord every day. In that first verse of that fifth chapter, he said, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. That word walk, when, when the scripture uses that word walk, it's referring to our conduct, our lifestyle, how we're living our life. And Paul said here, 
for us to imitate God, be imitators of God as dear children. The Amplified translation says to to be imitators of God as dear as children imitate their father. You've saw kids how they'll you know little kids how they'll try to imitate their dad. That's why it's important, dads, that we. You know, dads live the life that they're supposed to, set good examples to their children because those little kids will try to imitate you. They'll try to walk in your steps. They'll try to be like you. And that's what Paul was saying here. You need to imitate, as, as children imitate their fathers, we need to be imitating God. Well, the only way we can imitate God is we got to have the Spirit of God in us living the life through us. Amen. Jesus living in us and living through us. But it's our work. It's our walk before God that we need to work on our walk while, we're, while we have the time to do so. And that word walk is a key word in Ephesians. In the fourth chapter, the first verse, he said that we're to walk worthy of the calling that wherewith we are called. In chapter 4, verse 17 of Ephesians, he said we're not to walk not to walk as the Gentiles walk or as the unsaved. In chapter 5, verse 2, we just read it, that we're to walk in love, that our lifestyle is to be in love and, and, and demonstrate love. In verse 15, um, he said that we're to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And that word circumspectly means to be watchful, to be aware of what we're doing and um, to walk circumspectly. And uh, so that word walk is an important word. And then Paul goes on there in that fifth chapter after talking about our walk, and he says this. In, in, in verse 18, he, he tells us there, he tells the believers there, not to be drunk, but to be filled with the Spirit. He gives that admonition there and that command in verse number 18. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, don't be under the influence of intoxicants. If you want to get under the influence or something, get full of the Holy Spirit. Get under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost can give you a lot more joy and a lot better feeling. Hallelujah. Than a, than a Jack Daniels or a Coors Light any day. Come on. Amen. I'm preaching better than your amen and me out there. I don't think I'm getting any amens on that. <laughs> but he says, don't be drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he says in verse 20, live a life of thanksgiving and gratitude. And then going from verse 22 of chapter 5, he goes on down and he describes life in the home and life in the family, life between husband and wife and life between uh, parents and children. And he describes that in those verses. And then he concludes chapter 6, Paul does of Ephesians, he concludes that chapter with the whole armor of God and standing against the wiles of the devil and putting on the whole over armor of God and, and overcoming in the evil day, in the wicked day. Amen? So what is Paul saying in all that when he's talking about don't be drunk, be filled with the Spirit? He's giving us, he's telling us how we're supposed to, to live and how, how, how that our lifestyle, how our walk is supposed to be. Amen? And so what he's saying there is this, there are no suspensions in holiness before God. We need to work on our walk and our living for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all growing in grace. We're still growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. But the Lord wants our walk 
and our lifestyle and the way we live to be in line with His Word. We're to be an imitator of God. We're to, li- we're to, we're to live a life like Jesus, a Christ-like life. And the only way we can do that is to, to be filled with Him, with His Spirit, and let Him live His life in us and through us. Amen? So there, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. There's been a shutdown. Uh, there's there's been a there's been a, a a stay-at-home order. There's been a shutdown of businesses. Schools have closed. Churches have been closed. There's been a shutdown of of, of everything. But but uh, you know, sporting events and baseball season and basketball. All these things have been shut down. But I can tell you that there has not been any suspension of holiness. God still expects you and me to walk right, to live right, to live for Jesus, to develop our spiritual life. Just because we haven't been able to come together to church in the house of God does not mean that we can just, you know, forget about a lifestyle of holiness. There have been no cancellations on God's commandments in the Word of God. There has been no social distancing orders given for us and the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Now, some people get the idea we've got a social distance. We just, we, you know, we're social distancing from church. We're social distancing from the Word of God. We're, we're, no, we're not social distancing from the Holy Spirit. You need more of the Holy Spirit in your life now than we, than we ever did. Amen. You need to be closer to God today than you ever have been. Ladies and gentlemen, there's still, but beloved, there's still a command to be holy. There's still a command given here in the Word of God to obey children, to obey the parents. There's still a command for us to get along with our spouse. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Did you get that? I mean, you know, get along with that husband. Get along with that wife. There's still a command There's that, that we're to place nothing unholy before our eyes. God still wants us to live for Jesus, to abhor what is evil, to walk in the light as a child of God, and God wants us to stay full of the Spirit. Stay full of the Spirit. Be filled, he said, with the Spirit. Be filled. Use this time. Redeem the time. Make the best of this time to make sure every day you get a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus is coming soon. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to, to, to have a vessel that is that is that is empty and not filled with the oil of God's Spirit and God's grace and God's blessing in my life. Amen? We don't want to be like those five foolish virgins that, 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 that had their lamps but had no oil in them to replenish them. They all started out with oil, the five wise and the five foolish, but the foolish allowed their lamps to, to go out. And they, the, the problem was they didn't have a, any excess oil to replenish the oil in their lamps. It's, that's telling us, that parable showing us, folks, that we have to continue to, 
Stay full of the Lord, full of God. Follow Him daily. Take up our cross every day and follow Jesus. It's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. Praise God. And so during this time that we've not been able to be in the house of God, we need to make use this time and make the best of this time to make sure our walk is right with God and that we draw closer and closer to Him. Amen? Praise God. Redeem the time. Make good use of your time. For the days are evil. We're coming back together. We want to be, we want to be on fire for God. I want to see people coming back to church closer to the Lord. And that's been my prayer during this time that we've not been together. That's been my prayer, Lord. I pray when we come together that, that this whole thing is going to make your church better and it's going to make your church stronger. And when we, then we're coming through it as pure gold. Praise God. Amen. I read a survey, and I'm closing with this. I, I, I read of a survey that, that was taken that says that the average person spends two years of their life making phone calls to people that aren't home or, or that won't answer. Two years of their life making phone calls to people that don't answer or aren't home. It's estimated we spend six months of our life waiting for red lights to turn green. I've spent that much at this one right down here at the bridge just since that's been open. And it's, <laughs> praise God, y'all that cross that bridge down here know what I'm talking about. It says that we spend eight months of our life reading junk mail. I can, I can believe that. That's all we got in the mailbox today. And uh, I'm sure that some of those things are probably necessities in life, even though they seem to be a waste of time. But in these areas I mentioned, my point is this. We spend a lot of time doing stuff that is a waste of time. A lot of, lot of time wasted. And Paul is telling us here in Ephesians, make the best use of your time. Don't waste it. Use it to draw closer to the Lord be careful, be careful that in the time that's been created by an international pandemic that you don't waste the time that you could be spending with the Lord in His worship and in His Word and in your walk with Him. Amen. We're coming through this, church, and we're going to be better than before. I believe that. I'm expecting a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit, a revival to hit, a spiritual awakening to come. That's my prayer. And I'm believing God for that. Amen. God bless you. Listen, we love you. Hope is, uh, this has been a blessing to you tonight in some way. It's encouraged you some way.